ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to podcast! What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the 1% Academy Podcast, brought to you by 1% Athletics, where we are striving to get 1% better every day. Today, I'm sitting here with my boys, the first two guests of the former Down on the Dirt podcast, Mr. Pete Jorgen and Justin Cortesis. We are down here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We're actually in Sunrise, a suburb right here out of Fort Lauderdale, but we're down here in uh, Florida getting ready for our baseball seasons, and we figured we'd uh, start off the 1% Academy uh, beginning with a podcast with the first two members of the podcast. So we're... uh, Today we're just going to give you guys a little recap <coughs> on uh, what went on with our seasons this year, and then um, kind of no, talk we don't, some. We don't even know. Talk <laughs> talk some independent baseball after that, and give you guys uh, some insight, some tips. Uh, but yeah, guys, let's get started. Um, Justin, I'll let you tell them. Uh, guys, the the great thing about this, um, I guess, having <coughs> us th- us three. Um, on and having so much access to both of these guys. Um, we all have a kind of a different path we've taken. It's, as you guys have heard in the first two episodes with them, they're passed through college. Um, and now in pro ball, we've uh, all gone through some different routes here. And, and I'll, uh, I'll let them explain more to them their story. But for mine, this year, started in Florence with the Florida, Florence Freedom, and I got released the last day of spring training. And so... Uh, I had my old manager, David Peterman. Peterman, if you're listening, what's up? And uh, <laughs> had to give him a shout out. And uh, so he called me and said if I wanted to go play for him in Garden City for the Garden City win, that offer was on the table. We'd do whatever we could to get moved back up. Um, Justin played with uh, the Sussex County Miners, got released out of spring training. Went to go play for the Can- uh, Quebec Capitals, yeah. got released, and went to uh, the IBL, which is a league in Canada, and then uh, <coughs> Mr. Pete Jorgen uh, was in Florence with me. He got released, and he went to go play for the Roswell Invaders in the Pecos League, and then finished the year with the Westside Woolly Mammoths in the USPBL. So, I'm going to let, we're just kind of going to talk, give you guys a... Uh, Recap. So, Justin, can you first off just tell them where you were at? Kind of a quick synopsis of that story that I just told. Yeah. So, as Carson's mentioned, I started off the season with the Sussex County Miners in spring training. Got released out of spring and was actually heading west from New Jersey to go to California and play in the Pacific Association. But uh, on my questward or quest westward. <laughs> Can't help my uh, my Americans a little just it, Use it your, overflows yeah. sometimes. Use your words here, kid. Can't help it. But uh, I was heading west to California, and I got a call from Quebec City for the Capitals, and went up and uh, earned my first professional win. Hey, congratulations! Yeah. I was watching that game. We were in Costco, and I was streaming it on my phone. I was pumped about that. It was sick. I just remember seeing the stat line, and I was. Going nuts yeah, for I lost. It. I was like, that. That was pretty cool. That's a highlight of my career so far. So uh, I was, uh, I was pumped about that. But then, unfortunately, got released uh, a couple weeks later. Just happens. Ran into, uh, just that's what happened. So on my way out, after I got released, I got picked up by a uh, semi-amateur ball team in uh, Victoriaville, 
I'm back to Victoriaville Cactus, and that's where I spent the rest of my summer. And I actually went back and played with the Capitals a couple weeks later for a weekend series and did really well. And uh, then they just released me again. <laughs> and I went back to Victoriaville and just lived there for the summer. Well, and you got to do something pretty cool, too, by going to play for the national team, right? Right. The national tournament or whatever. Right. You had yeah, to do some in-depth. It was called the Canadian Championship, and I represented the province of Quebec in, uh, <laughs> in, in playing a game we played in New Brunswick. We went uh, westward that way and played there, and we played for the bronze medal in the Canadian Championship. Unfortunately, we didn't get it, but it was it was cool. It was, uh, it was a cool place, good place to be, and uh, I made a lot of good friends over there now so it's another place that I have connections with and it was I enjoyed it it was a great experience all right so y'all heard uh Justin's grind of independent baseball now I'm gonna turn it to Pete and let Pete kind of tell you guys a more in-depth version of what happened this year year for him and then uh get on with the rest of the podcast so I started out in Florence uh with the Florence Freedom just like Carson did uh Carson uh, was able to outlast me by about a day or two so, I got released before him, but it was all good, you know. Um, so, once I got released, uh, <clears throat> I hit up my old manager from the year before in Bakersfield, or from Bakersfield, uh, Brian Cloppy, who had just got the assistant manager job in uh, the USPBO with the Westside Willie Mammoths, and unfortunately, they did not need anybody at the time, but he gave me the contact info to go out to Roswell and play for the Roswell Invaders in the Pecos League. Uh, spent um, the entire season out there. Uh, personally, I thought I did pretty well, um, you know, stat-wise. And then uh, after the season was over, there was a rumor that I was going to get picked up by the travel team in the Pacific Association. Right. And um, at the time, I just I didn't have my car with me, and I didn't have enough, really didn't have the money to get out there. So right. had to make the decision to head back home. Um, but right after I found out there was possibly I could go to the Pacific Association, Cloppy called me and was just like, uh, there's a chance I could bring you in this weekend, and I was pumped for that, and it was like, all right, cool, because I'm coming home tomorrow night anyway, so. Right. Um, <clears throat> which is cool, which is what got you up there. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, got home, with, basically I would have known an answer by the end of the weekend, weekend goes by, I didn't hear anything, so I was just like, all right, time's passed, you know, basically right. now I'm in the off-season grind. That Tuesday morning comes, and I get a text message from him, and it says, how fast can you get to Detroit? And I told him, well, how fast do you need me to get there? And he's like, be here by tomorrow morning. And I was like, you got it. I'll be there. I'll be there. I got there fast enough because once I got home after that season ended, uh, I ended up getting a speeding ticket. <laughs> I got caught by a speed camera going through Toledo. It was only like, I think I was only going like 72 and a 65, which is still bull crap. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? I got I got a ticket for that. Man. I can't believe Pete. They got, <laughs> I'm telling they got, you, they got me. They got, they got me. You know? Don't they know you're Pete Jorgen? That's why I said, you know where I'm going? The first, the first guest on the Down in the Dirt podcast. These guys out here, just speed, he's just trying to play some ball, yeah. man. Ugh. Trying to make a living, trying to, you know, move up in the ranks, so. They got to uh, listen to this podcast, they understand. Yeah. I bet you get your ticket dropped. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe the USPBL can pay for it. I'd send it to him. Yeah. <laughs> so that happened, but uh, ended up finishing out the last two weeks with uh, West Side. Um, was supposed to go back, um, but uh, then uh, Cloppy ended up was una- unable to figure out his contract with the league, so he wasn't going back. And 
now I'm uh, officially a free agent trying to get a job. So that's all right. And that's great tr- timing transition because that is exactly why we are all down here in Florida. Uh, I want to give you guys some insight on an independent ball grind, and y'all are about to hear it in this conversation because this is going to give you guys a real good glimpse on uh, what it takes to play professional baseball, whether that's independent or affiliated as well. Uh, you know, we're down here in Florida because we are here with Joe Torrey in the Black Sox. Joe, um, for anybody that doesn't follow him on Instagram or seen his Instagram, he essentially acts as an agent for all of us. He, uh, he, he represents us and vouches for us for the year. He has a lot of connections within baseball at different levels. And so he pushes his guys to get, uh, you know, opportunities at the next level. And so that's a little bit of what he does down here in Florida. He has the uh, Black Sox NWO competition camp where we come down here and we play for a month, more than a month, we play 50-plus games. And, uh, How'd you get out there so and uh, he just he allows guys to get their work in and compete every day and get prepared for a season where we're going to have 200 at-bats um, before the season. So, you know, guys, I've done California Winter League. I've done individual tryouts. And I think Joe has been the most beneficial person that I've come across in independent baseball. Right. Oh, for sure. I absolutely agree with you on that one. Um, right, in my experience, I'd say the same thing. Because, you know, at the California Winter League, when I was there, our team won the championship, and not to, like, put air in my head or boost my ego or anything, but they named me the MVP of the league. Ooh, and, I didn't know that. And out of all that, we only had one guy get signed. Really? And On your team alone? On or? our team alone. Wow. And he ended up getting released. Uh, Cleburne. So the Cleburne Railroaders. Yep. And uh, he got released. <clears throat> Actually, I think we had another guy that signed on the last day, the, the day of the championship game. So still just only two people. Yeah. Signed. Whereas other teams had 15, 18 guys. Right. And uh, They had 15, 18 guys get signed? Or? Some, there was a few teams that had that many. Wow. Because they signed like 200 guys. No, probably less than that. They probably signed like 100, 100 out of 200 or something like that. So that's still a lot for, you um, know, for one camp though too. And then you go look though, like all those guys end up getting released right out of spring training. Yeah. But where where do the majority of you guys go? Frontier, because the Frontier has a contract part, yeah, partnership with CWL. So they're required to take two guys. They're required to only take two guys. Yeah, that's per right. Team because we per per team. Okay. Each team's allowed to take two. Yeah, because so we had two guys on when we were in Florence. Eight teams. There was, I think, 10 at the time. Okay, so that's still only 20 people. Huh? But then you got USPBL, which takes a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. American Association takes a few. Can-Am was taking a few at the time. Mm-hmm. So basically it's just, it depends on who's, yeah. who's really there. But, you know, I just, it was like... But I, you went through it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to the job. Yeah, really, so but, well, it. and then, you know, on top of that, you know, I've done the in- individual one-day tryouts, which... I don't think that's a horrible thing because it allows you to get in front of somebody, but it's uh, it's one of those one, one of those things that if you have the money to spend on it, whether you're traveling for it or if it's right there in your home state, it's beneficial. Yeah. But I don't think it's the best way to get signed. And yeah. um, I think the multi the multiple day tryouts are the best way to go because that's the thing is you have a one day tryout, 
say you go and you don't have your best stuff that day yep. or you know you're traveling and you're still a little lagged from if you drive or if you flew or whatever you know right. your body's not completely there and you struggle you know you just threw how much money down the drain at that workout whereas if you have a multi-day trial you know you can have a good day and you might struggle the other day but if you're able to compile a couple good days together you know that still shows how you're able to perform over what could be like a three-day series during the season you know what i mean right and that's the i think that's the best part about joe is the fact that yeah you're playing every day he's getting you in front of these managers at his workouts but when it comes down to it he's watching you play this whole time you're in florida Mm -hmm. he's gonna keep up with your season during the season no matter where you're at and you have a guy that's going to be in your corner vouching for you all year that has a word that holds weight and you know with as many connections he has that's what allows him to get guys places whereas you go to a tryout and you're only impressing them in that four-day span and you only have a handful of guys you can impress and then it's just a matter of are they going to remember me to call me you know and i think that's where joe comes in that what he does is so awesome mm-hmm. yeah he's, he's he big, remind him. yeah it's big time with him so. so i mean you know if i was going to give a guy advice for getting into independent baseball i'd say joe tory mm-hmm. i agree that's what i tell people whenever they ask you know how have i gotten some of the places i've gotten to or who's giving you the ideas or help kind of point you in the right direction and i was like well joe's I feel Joe hasn't done me any wrong, mm-hmm. like, and he's helped definitely push me to do uh, different places to get me farther in my career. Yeah. So, I agree with that. And he, and again, going off that is he's understanding with everybody's like schedule. You know, yeah, he wants us to be down here, you know, training in the off season, but at the same time, you know, we all have to be able to work, you know, and try and fit some of this stuff into our schedule. Which know? is exactly what you're doing right now. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, I know we've said it a few times. Money is the one thing we keep referencing. Yeah. <clears throat> right. We don't get paid shit. No. So everything we do has to be in the off season to right. mm-hmm. fund us or whatever, especially if you're not in the top league, like the Atlantic League, where you're getting <coughs> 1500 a month minimum or which is not something around there, but right. it's something to live off of. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Which is easily to, which is easy. To Those guys get paid that much? I think it's something like that. What? Don't qu- don't quote me on that, but I think it's somewhere in the <laughs> area. I don't even know how much I made. So when are you taking me to dinner? Yeah, yeah. Come on, well, we deep did. pockets. Come on, yeah. we did just go to the big, casino. Big ballin'? What? I didn't. I didn't get no free play money. Pete, you get it? I did, and then I gave it back. <laughs> yeah. Dang it. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Ah, it happened. Yeah. So, like, for you, what did you do in the off season? Because I mean, I know this off season. Yeah, for uh, money, money wise. Uh, so I came back to. Because uh, you're trying to buy a house now, and you're keeping us from going to Czech Republic. Yeah, so I turned down an offer to go overseas and play in the Czech Republic this year because my plans are to try to invest in a house because. During the off-season, I usually come back to my hometown and work with my dad. And as much as I love my parents with all my heart and soul, it's uh, it's tough to come back home and have somebody who's around you all the time. And it's nothing against my parents. It's just like, you know, it's nice to have your own space as a grown adult. Cause you're used to having it on the road and your freedoms and whatnot. And it's hard to, uh, it's hard to transition back to, like, being respectful of those who are – not that I'm disrespectful of those around me, but, like – to sharing a space with my parents and stuff yeah. like that. Even though I don't live inside the house, it's tough. But, yeah, so this the, year, so, 
I'm like, I'm digging into the ground to buy a house this year. So I'm really like it's trying got, to stick with it. Got that cousin Eddie RV from Christmas vacation. Yeah, for those <laughs> for those who don't know, I live in a uh, lovely vintage 1964 Airstream, 26 foot that has been. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a beautiful camper. I love it. Does it leak? It's actually going to be for sale, so if, anybody, <laughs> if anybody's interested, I'll sign the inside of it, and I'll polish it up for you. <laughs> Hit me up. Three minutes of hot water. Oh, yeah. You got showers are a little short, but it's all right. Hot water heater's hot. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm trying to gun up and save before a house this year. So. Which, I mean, that's what people don't realize about us playing independent baseball is that we're putting our lives on hold to play baseball for the chance of living out. Right. We're living out a dream, but to – Live out the ultimate dream of you know making it to the major leagues and securing a contract. Right. And people don't realize that we have got to put our life on hold for that. Right. So it's like you know I've got a lot of I've got a lot of different experiences that a lot of my friends who stayed home don't have, but I don't have near the materialistic items that they have. Like my a lot of my friends have new trucks and they're starting to get into houses and stuff like that. And it's like you know I just bought a different car, but it's not. But like you I'd bought br- the car to drive all the way across the country. Right. Like that that's it's that's like, what our listeners are don't like see this part of the equation that you had a truck beforehand that you drove out to California to play in the Pecos League where for guys, people that don't know, majority of the Pecos, people in the Pecos League drive themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, some teams are lucky enough to get vans or they want vans, they'll get vans, but for the most part, people just drive themselves and Justin drives his Dodge Ram truck out to California from Florida and then drives up and down California all summer. Way far. <laughs> playing uh, playing baseball. And so that's why he goes and gets a car. Oh, yeah. To Just explain, keep doing explain it. the situation. That's, that's yeah. a sacrifice right there. Yeah. So to get the money to go travel around and keep doing what I do. Or keep not doing what I do, but keep playing the game that I want to keep playing. Uh, I sold my truck, took the money that I got, and found a car that I'd thought was reliable and it's worked pretty great so far so found a car and used the rest of the money to live off of car can't pull that camper though yeah i can't pull that it can't pull that camper which is so sad so you know <laughs> yeah because you'd have free housing at that point yeah too. that poor truck though <laughs> it burned gas just sitting in the yard like <laughs> it was rough on the wallet i do miss that truck though but you know you, you get the car and you go up to the, the road warrior tour with joe yeah which is it's called the Road Warrior Tour because you're on the road so much. So that's where the car came into play. And then can you kind of give them some insight on how the Road Warrior Tour was? Because, you know, I was in Florence last year, so I didn't get to play on it. Yeah, you and Pete both weren't. Yeah, so, so we both missed it. And I was only there for a little bit of the tour, and I went and played Maryland Lang. Can you explain to them what the what it is? So the Road Warrior Tour is where... Joe, Joe Torrey, PJ Phillips, and uh, somebody else usually goes with us and helps Cole. Man- Cole, 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 Cole goes with them, and we they manage a team and they play against uh, teams in the Atlantic, the American Association, uh, the Frontier League, and they travel around as a team and they just play against teams in spring training to try to take somebody's job. So last year I went and played against the Lancaster Barnstormers. I got to start against them, play in their stadium for Fan Fest. There was a couple hundred people there. It was a Great atmosphere, beautiful place to play, and plus it gave me an opportunity to showcase myself in a live setting. And see where you stack up against those guys. Right. Which, you know, I felt like I did pretty good, but obviously it wasn't something they were looking for. So, you know, but 
the idea of it is is that you get exposed to playing against these teams, and if they don't like you now, but maybe next year you play them again, then you bring something to the table that they've seen before. If you repeat a good performance, you know, that puts you higher up in the ranks of being chosen if they are looking for somebody to fill a spot. Right. So, you know, it just helps with the exposure aspect. Um, I thought the tour is a great thing. It is definitely rough on, you know, just because it's hard, man. You're just going from place to place and playing. You know, you're not really getting the proper sleep and time to eat and stuff like that. But it's, that's what you got to overcome if you want to try to do it because yeah. our opportunities and I mean, la- are limited now. And I mean, last year you – because Justin rolled through Florence, Kentucky, after he hit the Atlantic League games, and he ended up staying – you said with me, what, two, two weeks? weeks? yeah. Because, you know, uh, I was in Florence at the time during spring training, and he was passing through. Is that when you were going back to California? I was heading – no, I was heading to uh, – Spring training with Sussex. But, yeah, you and Pete were in Florence. Yeah, and so, well, he, he ends up passing through. He didn't have to be in Sussex yet, and he wanted to stay in that part of the country. And uh, he just comes and stays with me in Florence and works out every day until you got to head back to Sussex. So, you know, that's part of the grind that, that people don't, don't get. Um, you were going to say something. Yeah, well, that answered kind of answered part of it. So you stayed with him for three weeks, but when you're on the road playing games, how what was the longest amount of time that you were in one spot playing against a team? Uh, so they usually only play one to two games, but they schedule them different. I believe he's got like five games against uh, Texas Air Hogs this year. And yeah. There's like three games against Quebec, but I think they're broken up at different dates. So he breaks up the teams in different teams, mm-hmm. and there'll be different managers going to different spots. So the Black Sox, as a group, will be playing three different teams on different days in different places. Yeah. So if you're in the northeastern part of the country, you've got a chance to play the same day as somebody's playing the Cleburne Railroaders mm-hmm. in Texas, but they're still under Joe's watch and supervision because he's got two managers that he trusts to relay the messages. They know what he wants. They know what he looks for. So... You know, he trusts those guys to be able to do that. So we can get as many games in and people get exposure as much as possible mm-hmm. at a good, you know, at a good price. Yeah, because I remember last year there was a couple guys that was like, when we played against you guys, they were there. And then like the next day they were bouncing off to another city. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if it was like you played one night and then you were off to the next part or if you were able to be like in one place for, you know. A day or two, or multiple days at a time, right? And play those games. Well, we like played. That. We played. You guys, what? Three days or two days? Uh, well, I think it was like four. Yeah, I think we, it was like three and off day, and then like yeah, one we were there more. for like a whole week. Yeah, because we had there was only one day we played you guys because it was our fa- it was like our uh, yeah, kids day. Kids day. Yeah, and that's what that's a lot of the events played, that we hit. We were, played. We played y'all that day. That was a fun game. But then we had just closed stadium inter squads too. Right. Yeah, we did have that. So it's like we played against you guys, but we also practiced with you guys as well. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it just, you know, it, when you're facing good competition, it really just helps expose what your weaknesses are in mm-hmm. the game, but it helps you also excel your skills. And we'll talk, we'll touch on that in a little bit because I do want to talk about that. Um, Pete, now I want to talk about your off season and what you kind of did and, and what you went about to make money um, leading up to the season and to get prepared. Man, I had, you know, I, I had quite a few jobs. The thing that sucks about it, well, I don't know if I should say sucks. The thing that's hard about it for us is, you know, if we're playing, you know, we really, we, we aren't in one place for, you know, a certain amount of time, you know, things like that. So for us, like if we're trying to get like a full-time job, you know, and we it's get hard. it, then it's like, okay, well, you know, we got it, but I'm going to leave. I need to leave on this day because, you know, I, my season starts. 
And there's a lot of businesses and companies that aren't okay with that because they're like, you know, if we want to hire somebody full time, like you need to be here full time. So there's a lot of chances where, you know, that happens and we can't get that job. So we can't get that, you know, good paying job or whatever. So for me, you know, I, uh, I had a couple jobs. So I actually worked at uh, my church. Um, you know, I did maintenance for them. Uh, the other place I worked at, my godfather owns a bowling alley. So I worked weekends there. And then, uh, I actually worked at a, uh, baseball facility up, uh, about 20 minutes north of my house. Um, so I was a speed and, and agility coach. So I gave lessons there and then, uh, I helped, uh, give lessons to, and, um, to little kids. And I ran practices for the summer ball, t- uh, program that, uh, is ran out of our facility. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was busy. I went from one, one thing to the next, to the next. And all I can say is I'm glad to be down here because it's a nice, it's a nice little break. <laughs> it's it's nice to be sitting in one spot. Hey, you're yeah, doing, you're doing all those things because you're trying to make the money to fund yourself through the season, but also to fund yourself for stuff like this, where you got to be down here mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, get the exposure, get the at bats and just be mm-hmm. ready. Cause if you're not getting in front of people, no one's coming, going to come calling you. Yeah. Right. You got to go after them. After them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so that's, the whole reason, I mean, that's why when people say baseball is not a full-time job, it's a six-month job, like, get out of here with that, man. Like, you you can't just sit around all season and then show up day one and say, yeah, I'm ready to hit 90 or yeah. throw 90. Like, you have to stay in shape year-round, mm-hmm. especially for us as independent ball guys. Like, we witnessed it when uh, we go to Texas to go work out in front of people, a prospective team yeah. for both of us. Um, you go to Connecticut to throw in front of MLB scouts. Like you have to be prime condition year round because if uh, yeah, you go is, to those events, you got to be ready to get. Mm-hmm. That's your opportunity. This is mid typical off season, like November, December tryouts. I mean, you that's drove time of the year that I, I'm like to. I like to rest. I just yeah. like to go to work and just like try to make money for the regular season. And yeah. before that, though, you're driving from Florida to Texas. Yeah. To be able to get in front of a coach. Right. And that right. was what in a span of five days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was right before Thanksgiving. I remember that. I remember you guys were down there, and the guy, uh, Mitch yeah, Piotnik, you. yeah, you guys called me, everybody was trying to get me to come down, and I just, I wasn't able to, just because of work and everything. Because you're trying to get the money up to mm-hmm. be able to come down and do this for an extended time, yeah. that way you can see, if a coach is watching you, they can see the progression, if you are, like, starting off, or even where you do start off, and then you, they see the progression to where you mm-hmm. can be for the season, yep. which is nice. Yeah, so guys, uh, that's the biggest thing I'm trying to say, if y'all can't um, tell by kind of the, the conversations we're having. But the biggest thing already uh, about, you know, if you're done with college or you're about to be done with college and you want to play professional baseball, man, just play as much as you can and stay in shape because that's the only way you're going to get your opportunity. You're not going to get your opportunity sitting on your couch waiting for someone to call you. You're going to have to go out and get in front of these guys and, uh, you know, get in contact with these coaches and uh, tell them you want to come play for them, work out for them, tell your college coach, etc. But uh, Pete, I want to give you a little podcast rub here. Oh boy! Oh man! Oh, because Ooh, look, uh, out. look out, ladies and gentlemen! Here it comes. about to about to get a little shout out. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> all, it's been a few months now, but you started your own bat company. Oh, oh yeah! yeah. We've got oh, three hundred. We nervous here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is <laughs> this going? I know that's oh, going. Yeah. <laughs> that look, I was scared. I was like, oh, what do I do? But so you started, along with working 
and giving lessons. You started your own back company. I did. Um, over these last few months, and this is your chance. I want you to tell my audience about your back company. I Pete made a bat for me and brought it down to Florida. It's a uh, 243 barrel and just the normal general handle on it. And it's weighted incredibly. Um, it feels good. I haven't got to see what it feels like live yet because the one in bat I used it. I uh, decided, <laughs> decided to keep it on my shoulder. <laughs> so no, you swung it. just I, I swung it and I just fouled it off. Um, he also made a bat for Justin. <laughs> And uh, Justin likes his, so uh, I love mine. Mine's a natural grain with a burnt finish barrel ash. So uh, two seventy one. I made two seventy one. Yeah, and I think it's sweet. I think it's sick. I've got a lot of compliments on it. I haven't got to swing it yet because uh, PO life. Yeah, I'm stuck being a pitcher. No one believes I can hit still. Even though I hit, I hit in the league that I played in this year. Whenever I got released from Quebec, and I did hit over three hundred. So we have, we have, yeah, he also I've hit. Got he hit. Sacks. He had, <laughs> He hit four, uh, four home runs as well. No, 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 just two. Just two. Oh, just two. Just I was two. giving you some. Uh, I, I see. Listen, I can't lie. The stats. Like, what are you talking about? I can't hype it Trying up. Can't lie you. about it. Trying to help you. Listen, I'm, I'm, I keep it real. I'm <laughs> All right, but Pete, yeah, I want you to go ahead and tell them about your bat company. And uh, where they can find you and how they can uh, order you a bat. Heck order yeah. themselves a bat. All right, so the name of the company is uh, 300 Bats. Um, the reason behind the name, uh, it kind of relates to me. So one thing, obviously, I love baseball. That's something that I've grown up enjoying playing my whole life. And then uh, for those that don't know, I'm actually a Greek-American. And, uh, Say what? <laughs> you know, Cortessus. Come on. So uh, a lot of times when people think of the Greeks, they think of 300 Spartans. So, you know, and the one thing that I thought of that was trying to be able to correlate both things into one, you know, my pride of my, you know, heritage and then uh, baseball, I was like, okay, 300 because you got the Spartans and what do you think of uh, in baseball when you think of 300, right? Batting average. Right. And that's a hall, that's a hall of fame number right there. And that's the one thing that I hope this can lead into is it's a hall of fame company. Right. You know, I, I want to be able to have the best customer service because that's, at the end of the day, that's why I'm doing it. I'm making I'm making bats for, uh, for you know for people that have special needs on their bats. Like for me, I you guys know how my bats are. I'm a thick bottom hand guy. Right. Um, Got a pound of tape on it. Like <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing. Like I started making them because you know I I would go to bat companies and would get a custom bat, but really, you know I'm just picking a random model. I'm picking the colors out. I'm picking the size, and then I'm getting my name on it. And that's the only customization. But when you get something from me, like you're dealing with me personally, I'm asking questions like, okay, how do you like your barrel? How do you like, you know, the handle? And then how do you like your knob? Yeah, because you know the little extra fine stuff like that. Yeah. Makes a difference in how you play the game. Exactly, because everybody's swing is different. You know, I'm not going to swing the same kind of bat that you swing. Because your swing, your, your... Swing or your bat is built for your swing my, uh, and your swing, yeah, preference. your preference. You know, everyone has a different preference, and that's why I started it. You know, a little cheap at the same time, but that's you know, okay. you know that that's one thing that I wanted to do was start making my own bats. And you know, I had a billet, uh, decided to buy a lathe. Uh, the first one probably wasn't, you know, it was okay, it was all right, it wasn't the best one. <laughs> but it's funny because everyone's like, oh, I didn't know, you know, you know. How to how to do that? And I was yeah. like, I didn't either. You know, I just, and I just started looking. Yep, started looking videos up. Got the tools and everything. And you know, I think by the third, you know, third time was a charm. 
I made a decent decent bat, and it was just like, all right, let's try the sucker out. And um, uh, for me, obviously being up in Ohio, it's cold, so I hit indoor all all off season. But uh, you know, it sounded good, and I was just like, all right, this is <laughs> awesome, like sick. And then finally today, I got to take BP on the field and just seeing the ball actually jump off the bat, I was just like, all right, this actually makes me happy because right. not only does it sound good, but the ball like feels good coming off the bat. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, if you guys are interested at all, uh, I do have an Instagram page. You can either follow follow my personal account or you can follow the bat page account, which if you look up uh, just 300 bats, um, you know, I think I got about nine posts right now. Uh, but yeah, 300 bats. If you're interested in a bat, send me a DM and we'll see if we can get something for you. Nice. Awesome, dude. I hope uh, it's pretty cool because, you know, we're kind of getting that age now where everyone's starting to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously with me, I started 1% Athletics this September. Um, you know, we're all becoming businessmen, yeah. entrepreneurs, trying to figure out our way to continue playing this game and make money at the same time. Right. right. And, that, and that was the other thing is like, you actually kind of inspired me. Because you had your own brand, you know, you had your fitness apparel, and I was like, okay, well, how can I do my own brand? Like, how can I have something that, you know, relates to me or is my own thing? And obviously, I enjoyed baseball, and for the longest time, I always wanted to make a bat. And I was just like, all right, let's let's see what we can do with this. So, see, and that's exactly where I was, but on the flip side. Yeah, exactly. I enjoy fitness clothes, but I'm picky about what kind of fitness clothes mm-hmm. I get or what I work out in. Right. Like, my, I work out the same stuff. Well, the same outfits, I should say, every day. Yeah, leggings, that, but that's what gets you shorts, into that tank top, that zone to really, and it's comfortable, right? To really work out though. So if you go in the gym not feeling yourself or feeling the way that you want to work out, then you're not going to push yourself to the limits that you want to push yourself. To. Exactly, and uh, so for me, that was why I started One Percent Athletics. But then knowing, really, it was more because that was kind of how I lived my life from yeah. high school. Was I was not the most talented, so I'm gonna get one yeah. percent better every day. Yeah. And now it's turned into my personal life motto, brand. And um, you know, I decided last year, uh, I was actually in Florida when I, when I was working on it, but I had started before that. But we were in Florida when I was working on it. They didn't really tell anyone about it. Yeah, that's and, right. And uh, yeah. just kind of said, screw it. I'm going to jump in the fire and figure it out, mm-hmm. start doing it, doing it on my own. And uh, launched it in September. And now here we are, you know, trying to take the next few steps. So now you're out there yeah. in the streets promoting. Yeah, we're, we're out at field complex yeah. complexes, <laughs> handing out are, business cards. Uh, if you're anywhere near St. Lucia's High School and down in Lantana, Florida, off Hippolyta Road, and you would, you would like some one percent apparel, you're gonna have to come fight off all the college kids trying to get them. But you'll find Carson Lee out there selling them. Uh, Sounds like a used car salesman. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> and you guys don't want to miss it. <laughs> You can't see him because it's a podcast, but he's a handsome chap. This is, uh, <laughs> this, is this is my marketing guy right here. Hey, I'm all about it. This is my marketing right, right here. Give, give your spiel about the bats then. Let's hear it. Oh, the 300 Yeah, spiel? let's give it. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, if Pete Jorgen is standing behind something, that means it's good stuff. Pete Jorgen's a good guy. <laughs> so you got to trust that, man. Oh, yeah. Plus, you made my bat look awesome, so I'm just like... <laughs> yeah, my, my, I can't wait to actually make contact with mine. Mine's yeah, incredible. I'm, uh, you give me a day or two, and we play again. I'm probably gonna go try to jump on a team somewhere and take some cuts. I'm hoping I don't get sawed off and snapped back, cause that would be so sad. <laughs> no refunds for you. Like, <laughs> I don't care how much you pay for or I pay for a bat. If I hit it down the head, where else going? Exactly. It's it, it's cool though, cause the one bat, <clears throat> the one bat that I made, and it's the last post I uh, posted on that page, um, actually was the Batman bat. 
And, that, and that's the other thing. That's that, the bet I won't. Yeah, it's a sick bet. I know, there's so many people that are mad that I bring, didn't bring that down here, but, you know. You have to auction that thing off. I, I will. <laughs> Might have to. 155, 155. 155 in the red court green. Man. But that, I don't know. But that's the other thing. When I mean full custom, like you know, you get the whole, whole shebang with the bat um, from how it feels, but then you get the look of it too. So yeah. like, if you want like, if you want the American flag on it, heck yeah, let's let's get patriotic with this thing. You want Batman? You want the Batman signal on it? Let's signal Batman. You know? Could you imagine at the bottom of the Batman? <laughs> <laughs> that would but be you, know, you seriously just need to hit nothing but nukes if you're walking up there with a Batman back. <laughs> I still clear. I want the Seth Rollins bat. You're getting the, the Seth, Seth Rollins, Rollins bat. 243, the burn it down bat. Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> Do you want that inscribed on the bat? Well, that's his burn new, it down. That's his new motto: burn it down. Burn it Actually, up. it's the the Monday Night Messiah, but because he's taken over Monday Night Raw, he's no, he's he's gone from face to he's turned heel, so he's become the bad guy. And uh, <laughs> um, and so he, his new his new thing is the Monday Night Messiah. Whereas when he was facing Brock Lesnar, it was burn it down. Anyways, enough wrestling. That's our wrestling segment for the week. Uh, well, I mean, you know, when I was in Florence, you know, Pelfrey gave the big speech about pick your character. You love wrestling? Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> pick 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 your character. Which I mean, it's a good thought process. You know, right. Pick someone that you feel like is a badass and no one's gonna beat, and embody mm-hmm. yourself in that person and. Because when we are playing the game, it's you versus that guy. You yep. just got to be competitive. You can't worry about your mechanics. And, you know, if you're going to be a hunter versus the hunted, yep. why not be the most badass figure you, exactly. can, you can pick? And I don't remember what Pelfrey had. He had did. He said that we didn't think we, we didn't <laughs> yes. think we didn't think we could beat. Yeah. But he said y'all probably. Uh, he said but y'all aren't going to anyway because my character's gonna whoop all y'all's ass. I can't remember what he said it was. Some kind of gladiator or something like that. But I was like, you know what? Seth Rollins is mine. And uh, when we got those Florence hoodies, y'all... Said, you got the Florence hoodie. I was the idiot yeah, that didn't buy one. You didn't get one. They were so nice, but... No. Y'all all said I looked like Seth Rollins with a hoodie on, so I was like, yeah. yeah. that was hot. Now, we, now we're growing the hair out, and we're really going to look like... <laughs> I, remember you, I remember you walking into the clubhouse that day, and we had our lockers next to each other, and you sat down, and I was just like, Jesus. All right, Seth Rollins. Sure enough, it sucked, but... Yeah. No, no, but but I'm gonna piggyback off that. That's that's the other thing with this is like, you know, you pick your character. You know, yeah, we're playing the game that we love, but at the end of the day, we're also entertainers. Basically. Yeah, you know, people are coming to watch us play, and it's for their ent- entertainment. You know what I mean? So we got got to put on a little bit of a show. That's right. So what are y'all's characters? Oh, well, well, right now we're the Shield, um, in Joe's NWO competition camp. Um, because he, you know, lets each team. Joe does a lot of wrestling personas um, for everyone. That's kind of what his stuff is based off of. That's what the NWO is. NWO versus WCW, and uh, so he gives pretty much everyone wrestling monikers, um, gives them personas, and um, I chose my Seth Rollins one. And then when he asked me to manage one of the teams down here, um, which all all the players manage the teams, um, that's why it's kind of the competition camp because it's you're trying to get on each team. But, uh, you know, I picked Justin and, and Pete as my managers, and I said we wanted to be the Shield. And I kind of designated Justin as Dean Ambrose, the lunatic, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and Pete Jorgen as Roman Reigns. But they may have different characters themselves. I'll let them fill you guys in. 
Because I don't know what those characters oh, dude, are. Dude, I don't even know what mine would be. It definitely wouldn't be anything from wrestling. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. I figured. Dude. It's just me. Because the thing is, like, the last two seasons, you know, my walk-up <laughs> walk song was the Ghostbuster theme song. And so every time I play, that's what everybody th- thinks, you know. They're like, it's Pete, Ghostbuster, Jorgen. And I was just like, all right, well, I guess it's sticking now. See, now it's two different personas for me. Like, I've found that I perform better as kind of not a goofball on the mouth but somebody who's more relaxed like if i smile and stuff at hitters and if i know somebody who comes that's why you do that yeah because it helps me because like i don't get tense i and i and i enjoy it more but if i go up there uh with the persona of somebody who's a little bit harder a little bit more like serious faced don't no emotions and just be you know not trying to be perfect but just try to keep that very Firm, serious look. It's like it's not that it messes up my performance that much, but I feel like my emotions actually come out more a little mm. bit with that persona. So it's uh, it's crazy because I enjoy being the goofball kind of guy up there on the mound. Where like if I know you, I'm gonna smile at you, and yeah. I'm like I might like not chirp at you, but I'll say stuff to you, and like we'll probably laugh. And it's like I like being that person up on that mound because I do perform well that with that one too. And and that's the best thing to have is because you know. Everyone thinks that we have to be so uptight in this game, but really, right. really, it's you know whatever relaxes you the most. And yeah. if, if having fun, having a good time like that is good and helps you, by all means, you right? Because yeah. I'm the same way, you know. I, you know, sometimes you know I like to get into the moment, but at the same time, you know, I want to go out there and try and have as much fun as I can. Exactly. Because that just it relaxes. Well, that's why we're playing the game, right? Yeah. Because you, because it's like we do love it, like truthfully, we yeah. have to love it at this point to be doing this. But I just you gotta really find the joy into it. Mm-hmm. Like it's fun though. It's a fun game. Like if you're not enjoying it, like I know I have to be serious and like sometimes I'm like, alright, zone in and it's like but man, I really can't zone in right yeah. now. <laughs> well, I wanna I wanna piggyback off that and uh it, is that something you've learned recently about yourself? That no, and I've seen You've kinda known that? No, well I've I've like I don't know if I've seen it recently, but it's just more like definitely because I remember when I was watching the Quebec game you seemed like you were the serious guy exactly you were zoned in that's kind of where I want to transition this to is kind of what you learned about yourself this year over the course of the season because I remember like last year I mean I want you know all of us touch on this not right right, right. (laughs) but I remember last year you had changed your mechanics right because you were like this is the craziest part about the game you were like you know I'm throwing 92, 93, 94. I thought these guys want to see velo. I'm going to these workouts, and everyone's saying, like, you need to do something different. You right. Know, that the velo is not what we want. So then you're like, okay, well, then I'm just going to tone it down a little bit, get a little bit more accuracy, and try to throw strikes. Right. I can throw all four pitches for strikes. I can throw them for Which you were having success doing that. When right. You were living, like, 85, 86. So then these managers were like, well, why aren't you throwing exactly. hard enough? And I know you got pissed because you're like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, and, and, and so it's, it's hard to find that mix between both yeah. because, you know, we're I'm at the age now where I know, not that I know, but I've found a routine and stuff that works to for my longevity of a season. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I've seen that hasn't worked, or it's worked in lower level leagues, but... And, then, so and through that, that's kind of how you've reverted back to right. and your where you are, where you back are now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... Yeah. It's hard. It's it's just like, you know, like I said, I've been just trying to find whatever they're looking for. Yeah. It's always a, a guessing game. So yeah. I had success with that, and but I 
still don't think that's the proper thing that's going to give me more exposure. Right. So you just got to find that good mix. Yeah, um, it's almost it's almost like a double edged sword because I remember the day you were there and a couple other pitchers were there mm-hmm. and Chad Rose was talking. And it, he was talking about, you know, everybody wants to throw 100 miles an hour. Right. Everybody wants to be able to, you know, throw as hard as possible. But at the same time, it's like, you know, they want they want to be able to do that, but they don't want to know how to pitch. Right. You know, it's like he would much rather have a guy that, you know, takes the time to learn how to pitch, learn how to command those pitches, and then develop into trying to throw 100 miles an hour. Right. You know, and I think that's, he you know, that opened my eyes big time because, you know, we're at the age where everybody's just trying to throw 100 miles an hour. Because you know? that's the ticket to affiliate yeah, exactly. Which is, that's what, like, sucks about this game is it doesn't really matter if you're a guy like you where you're freaking get, having, getting mm-hmm. outs and having success, but maybe you're not throwing 98. Yeah. Right. But you're doing the name of the game, whereas, you know, these uh, affiliated clubs, they're like, they get infatuated with this velo, and it's like, mm-hmm. that's not everything. Yep. If it's 95 and flat, good hitters are going to hit that. Yep. Especially at the next level. Yep. That's what big leaguers get paid to do. Yeah. We had a, when I was in college, my college coach uh, coached the, one of the scouts for the Cleveland Indians, and he showed us like all their like scouting you know, agenda of what they look into right. when they're trying to sign somebody and when they're trying to t- uh, bring somebody into the big leagues. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy because from what I remember, because it was for every position, what I remember from the pitchers, it was how hard you can throw was like number one. And then command was like almost at the bottom of the list. Right. But then, and that's just to get signed to, you know, into their minor league system. But going into the big leagues, number one was command. And then it was like, you know, da-da-da-da. Well, because their they're thinking is that, because they do the same thing with hitting, is that if you have the projectability, so for pitchers, if you had the velo, you're going to get to affiliate ball and they're going to teach you how to yeah. pitch. As a hitter, if you had the big projectable body, uh, you get to affiliate ball, they're going to teach you how to hit. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, hot take, but screw that. I don't I don't agree with that. If you've been playing baseball for 18 years, you should know how to do those things. You, you make it, you better take that opportunity, and you run as far away with it as you can. But you got guys who are just like us trying to chase this. So, you know, it's like you're facing people who are just as determined mm-hmm. as you. Oh, yeah. People who have that skill level as you. Yeah. It's like the consistency that you have to have has got to be yeah. really good oh, yeah. every day. In your routines, in your training, in your throwing, in your catching, in your hitting, all that. Yeah, and then when we were in Florence last year, I think Pelf like, made it, you know, he made it so clear when he said, you know, everybody's here, but there's somebody out there that's trying to take food off your table. Yeah. And that, I mean, that opened the eyes because, it, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a job, you know. You're trying, you're trying to supply your, you know, be able to support yourself, you know, put food on the table. And there's somebody out there that's trying to take that from you. There's a minor disturbance here in the studio. <laughs> uh, what do you think for you, like what you learned about yourself during the season that you need to be able to work on, or, or what strengths you already have? Um. So for me, I kind of just piggybacked off of, of what I was doing in the regular season. Um. Because I was working out every single day, or trying to at least. Right. And that was big for me because, you know, when I was in college, you know, we hardly worked out during the season. Mm-hmm. And then my, fir- my first year of pro ball, I, I, it was like maybe once every like two weeks um, that I worked out. And then last year it was like, I really need to take care of my body more mm-hmm. and I need to maintain the strength and everything. So I was, you know, every time we were home or had a home series, like I was in the gym every single day. Right. And just trying to, and obviously the, 
nutrition's not the best, but you try to, you know, supplement what you can. So just that way. Um, and so I just piggybacked off it into the off season, but obviously it was more, more reps and a lot more eating. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was trying Which to, is always very Oh nice. yes. <laughs> oh yes. So I was trying to buff up quite a bit this, uh, this off season. Just and because. he came back looking beefy. I appreciate that. Big uh, beef guy. Huge beef guy. Big beef guy. So, um, <laughs> but other than that, um, besides that, it it was rough because where I was at, I was by myself. I really didn't have, you know, too many options for people to like throw me BP and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that's the trouble we all run into. Yeah, because the longer you play, the less your friends stop start playing. Exactly, stop playing. and yeah. and the friends that you do have that you know. I know there was a couple high school guys that I played with that I was trying to get them to help me, but, you know, they were busy with their jobs and things mm-hmm. like that, and it was just like, all right, you know, I'm going to go take swings off the tee again. And, you know, hitting off the tee is great, but, you know, to a point at the same time because I know for me, if I hit off the tee too much, it it's only going to go downhill, you know. but uh, Yeah, you need that live action from another Exactly. Human, human being. Yeah, exactly. But like Justin's first day throwing to me, he, it wasn't more throwing. It was playing. It was, it was playing fetch. It was playing fetch. Because he was used to throwing into a fence for for the past month and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say four months. But. Well, because I I knew my body needed a break after, but I wanted to stay healthy for those tryouts at the end of the year. So I had after my season was done, I couldn't even take time off. I had to continue just to throw a little bit, and then once the tryouts were over in December, then I could take my two months off that I take every year. To just let my body like rest yeah. from baseball. And that's whenever I go to work. But yet you needed those months prior to get in front of Right, mm-hmm. which Texas was an extra and, couple and, months. Which, in Boston. and Which my body could have used, you know, which exactly. is nice. But I couldn't take it because of if I wanted to try to be stay relevant in the conversation of going to these better leagues. See, and I didn't even take a day off. I got home, and I think I got home like... Can't remember. Maybe I had a full day or a half day when I had gotten home, but I was in the gym the next day and just trying to put muscle back on from where, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. obviously, like we said, nutrition's not the best. How much weight did you lose? Lose some weight. That's hard. Uh, I want to say I only lost maybe eight pounds at the most. No, I only you, lost. Okay, but maybe eight pounds. Have you ever seen like yeah. eight pounds of? fat that's oh it's a lot. it's a lot. a lot it is a lot i came back when i got home i mean i was skinny i mean i i had a little bit of a build to me but i was a lot skinnier than what i but had how looked. much weight did you lose only like five pounds but it's still like same i lost oh, I, I lost 12 pounds but it was just like this season takes weight off of you mm-hmm. like it just drains you mm-hmm. and it's crazy it's and crazy. that's why when i got home i didn't want to waste any time because i did the same thing like i gotta right. be yeah. i gotta be ready and I took like a whole month of just straight working out, trying to just get some mass back on me. Mm-hmm. And then, then it was back into a baseball routine. I was about to say, I think I maybe took a week, maybe two weeks off of like just baseball activity mm-hmm. and was just in the gym, just trying to keep what I just had or what I just got. Right. Stay in a physical, good physical shape. Yeah. And, you know, like what we talked about, there's always a possibility to go and play winter ball. Yeah. We both had opportunities to go play in Australia. So it's like, if you do do that, that's another six months of season right it's a there. a whole other season. And that's exhausting. Yeah. But 
it's something that we've all considered doing. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we're, we prepared, we're prepared for it now, but we're also preparing for it for the future, the, which is why I turned down the offer that we had earlier this year because I, like I said, reverting back to the camper, the little glory camper. Uh, <laughs> that's why I want to buy a house. But, like, me and you know a guy, both played with him, Zach Cameraman. Mm-hmm. That goes to, he plays with me in Garden, goes yep. to Australia, and now he just signed to go play in somewhere. France, France. I believe. So, you know. Good for him, though. That's awesome. Right. But that he's yeah, going to be playing two, two full seasons in a row. And that's, that's, you know, yeah. like, you got to be in shape for that. Like Joe said today, like, you got to be ready to, to throw for 10 months because yeah. that's what, if you're playing the American, mm-hmm. if you're playing in affiliate ball, that's what you're doing. You're throwing for till October. Yeah. I, I remember I messaged him the other day about, like, just saying congrats on that and just trying to catch up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was telling me about it and, like, all the stuff. You know, it was it was too hard for him not to turn down. So he was telling me like everything that they offered him. Is this cameraman? Yeah, and like the last two things he said was they offered me a free gym membership and the Wi-Fi or and free Wi-Fi. And I was just like, oh well, you gotta go with the Wi-Fi. I'm like, golly, screw everything, get the <laughs> Wi-Fi. God, it's funny how you always take the little things like that for granted until you don't have them. Right. Must, uh, so he must not have Wi-Fi in Australia. I have no idea. That That's how be. you usually talk whenever you go overseas, I guess. That way well, you don't you, have to get like a SIM card for your phone. Well, I yeah. think he did get a SIM card because he texted me and he had a different number. Really? Because wow. he's like, damn, you deleted my number? And I was like, no, it's coming through a <laughs> six four like 370 oh, yeah. number. I, he's like, oh, yeah, that's my Australian number. I was like... Yeah, I yeah, because I got a message from Cloppy and it was the same thing. It popped up a different number and I was like, yeah, he changed his uh-huh. number or what? Yeah. yeah. Because the United States is plus one, is right. Australia yeah. is like plus sixty four, so that's why I saw it and I was like, "Hold on, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> is this spam? Yeah, who who is this? Definitely a fake caller. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, the big news of the off season, we kind of discussed this pre show. We were going to talk about this. I figured, why not? Bring um, it on. The Astros cheating scandal. Oh, we did talk about this pre show. I was going to say, what? Not this again. <laughs> What do y'all think about the Astros cheating scandal and where do you stand? It's a very interesting uh, well, topic. I'm, I'm sitting right now. I'm not standing for it. But, and, you uh, know, hey, I know I've got multiple messages when it was going on from listeners that wanted to hear my take on this. So get an extended take with all three of us. Okay. I think I – because as soon as it happened, I think I texted you too about it because I know you're a diehard Red Sox fan. But just because you're from Houston, just trying to get your intake on all that. But – I cheat. Let me get my, myself <laughs> together here. Stealing science has been a part of this game since literally the beginning of it. Exactly. You know. That's part of the game. But the and way we do it in the lower levels too. Yes. That's a, like doesn't change because you're in the big leagues or little league. But the way it was handled because of all the you know analytical stuff and the cameras and everything. Well, then that, also the Excel sheet that just came out. Yes. Yes, I forgot about that. That that crosses the line big time, you know, because now you're bringing outside sources. You know, it's different if you're on base and you're able to see the catcher's signs and things like that, or if uh, the pitching coach is giving signs and, you know, somebody on the bench is able to pick out, you know, what the what, indicator is right, and right, things right. like that. That that's, that's been a part, yeah, that's that's been a part of the game. If somebody catches it, what do you do? Change the sign. 
you know. Hey, or you patrol it yourself and guy gets hit. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the beautiful part about baseball. Exactly. But the way the way it was handled this year or this year, the last couple of years, whenever it was happening, right. I was not a fan of it. I was I was actually livid because it's like, okay, now you got these guys that, you know, there's so many younger kids looking up to those players, things like that. But yet now for guys like me and you who've played the game the right way, you know, who've busted our tails to get to where we're at. Mm-hmm. Now you got these guys that are, you know, taking everything for granted by doing this crap just to be able to know what's coming. It's like, you got to be kidding me. You well, know what I mean? This is, once again, this is that level. That level you're messing with millions of dollars, mm-hmm. endorsement deals, because, you know, you become a World Series champion. People want to have their name next to your name. Mm-hmm. Like, they want you to be wearing their stuff. So it comes but, down to... It's just money. It's a money and, game. And think point. about the players, though. You have those players that, like, they've already come out, but that... Right, Cody Bellinger said, bring it up. Like, Aaron Judge lost to MVP Well, title. like, fringe guys. Fringe guys. Like, those guys are already household names that are going to get their millions regardless. Yeah, right. Think about your fringe guys that are getting in trouble. Or, not in trouble, but their careers are getting penalized. Yeah. Like, because... Like the guy... Because, yeah, Mike Bollinger yeah. for the Blue Jays. Like, he went from making league minimum of 506, I think is what it is. It was a few years ago. Uh, maybe a little bit higher now, maybe 509. But $509,000... To going back to, you know, eight thousand dollars of a year for minor league salary. That's right. a, that, that could buy you a lot of campers. Yeah, <laughs> like nice ones. So I mean, you go from messing with five like, minute showers, life changing money when you start doing this stuff. Yeah, that's it. And it and another perspective of it is is it's like it could it could cost somebody their job as well because mm-hmm. you go out and you're a fresh guy up on the forty man roster. And you get the Astros for one series, and then somehow you get them again, and you just get lit up two or three times, and you get bumped back down to triple. That's the thing, because then, then it becomes a mental thing, because it's like, okay, how what I do wrong? Yeah, you know, well, everyone's well, thinking, what you know, what can I do I, to get back? Am I them? that consistent with this? Am mm-hmm. I? And it just it it can mess with guys, and it's messing mm-hmm. with guys' careers. Yeah. So it's like, I could see that aspect of it. It's just like. That's what upsets me about it because I know how hard a lot of these guys oh, yeah. work to get to that spot, and it's like to be chewed out of that because mm-hmm. you know they were using cameras and buzzers yeah. and they they weren't just playing, they didn't get beat naturally like exactly just because somebody else outwitted them because that's part of the game yeah and you're you're just tampering with that yeah but it, the other thing is uh, that video that Tom Verducci came out with uh, about Clayton Kershaw pitching in the. Uh, World Series against them, he threw like fifty six like breaking balls. That no one swung at. It, no one swung at, and it's like if you look at any like regular season game They're against everybody's swinging over the top of his curveball, mm. like it because it's just that nasty. And it's like, yeah. and then you look at the videos, and their timing's perfect too. Like you can't just time up a ninety five mile an hour fastball and then time up somebody's eighty some odd mile an hour slider. Right, you know what I mean. Because that's a huge, huge time difference. So do y'all think the punishments they got were... So I'll be 100% honest with you. I have no idea what the punishments are. (laughs) (laughs) I I I Big sports guy over here. Let me me explain it. So basically, basically, it makes Pete Rose look like he murdered somebody. Oh, man. And what these guys did, uh, they just get a slap on the wrist. Oh, that's not cool. I love Pete Rose. I agree. Well, Charlie, big listen. big sports guy over here. Listen, 
This is because I have to work during the off-season so I can afford to come do this. And guess what? It's more expensive whenever you bring a co-pilot with you, so... Uh, he lives in a camper. There's no cable. Yeah, I gotta use my, I gotta use my hotspot to run my uh, Netflix over. Yeah, he needs his girlfriend to go on top of the camper and hold the antenna. Yeah. <laughs> she can't get liar! She can't get service in the middle of it because she's gonna roll over by the window. That's a true story, by the way. So, do you think the the punishments were, were good enough? Hell no. Can someone refresh me? Punishments are here. I'm sorry for all those listening who know what the punishments are. I, uh, what was it? Know, so they got, they got, it was what? Five million dollars. They got fined five million dollars. They Which lost chump change. Right. Uh, right. We're gonna look it up real quick. We're gonna take a Google. Oh, break. oh so you don't know? I I know, but oh, yeah. all right. Let me. Let they me. well, they lost draft oh. picks. They lost international money. Yeah, they lost. What was it? Their first was it their first round and their second round for the next two years, or was it just mm. one of them? Five million dollar fine, loss of their first and second round picks in both twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. Okay, hold on. Let and me get the fired, next one. Da, 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 da. Fired, they fired their uh, manager and the uh, GM, right? Yes. <laughs> nice, Pete. Nice. All right. Pete, I knew it. Okay. So, what do you think? I, I don't think that's too terrible, actually. Like five million dollars to them, to a but franchise. to a billion dollar owner, they're gonna make that five million dollars in a weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the thing. Jersey sales of the next. Who cares? They'll get a third rounder who's probably really good, and they'll just blow him up. Like. Third rounder will become the first rounder. Here, here's my intake on it. So there was, I remember seeing a tweet about when all this was going on, and it was like, forgive me if I say this incorrectly because it's been a while since I've watched soccer. Excuse my French. Uh, they have what is it, the English Premier League over in Europe, which is like the top level of soccer. Right. Um, the way they have it is if you are in last place in that league, they basically get knocked down or knocked out of that league, and then the team in the lower level division right. or whatever moves into that spot. Okay. So, And somebody was like, well, that needs to happen with MLB. It's like, okay, that's a good idea, but the problem is there, you you know, you know, can't just move the Astros out of the MLB. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to do, bring up a minor league team? Right. You know what I mean? So that's, they'll have to recreate a whole new franchise. Exactly. And, and, that, and that's would the, be hard. That's yeah. A lot of money, time, extra, a lot of work. Yeah. Hell, they could bring up the Roswell Invaders, and I might have a shot. But no, I'm kidding. But <laughs> but uh, no, the uh, I honestly think there should have been like a postseason ban. I think so. I think um, the biggest. I mean, I I've spoke out about how much I love Man. Mon- Rob Manfred, but uh, I think the sarcasm. The huh? biggest thing. I think the biggest thing that should happen is the players should have received some type type of punishment. Yeah, I think the tough part. I mean, I understand it. You can't prove that this player and this player did it. But the thing is, though, you have an idea. Like they had the stats for when a trash can can banged and the guys that swung at the pitch and if they made uh, got a hit or not. So it's like you can kind of get an idea of who did or didn't do it. Right. So I think. I mean, really, I think you could suspend the whole team from 2017, and the Astros got to play with the minor league guys. They got to bring them up. And so you say drop everyone who was on that team? Not too. drop them, but just spend them. Either you know half a year or a year. Kind of, kind of like the steroid uh, yeah, yeah. suspension. Yeah, just, and then they got to roll. One year, one year band. They, they got to roll with their minor league guys. Well, that's it, yeah. And that, that's a punishment beer. because then they're not going to make the playoffs and they're going to get – they're theoretically probably not going to make the playoffs and they're not going to get the playoff revenue that's going to come from that. That would be right. hilarious if they did But that. I don't think Big they can like, strip, strip the title or anything like that. 
Well, it's hard. It, I mean, it's you hard. You can't strip the title. You can't strip the title because because you go back to the you go back to the playoffs to so the teams they played. Who says that so and so could have beat the Dodgers? If, well, who and who says the Astros are the only one cheating? Oh, I know for a fact that they aren't the only one cheating. Exactly. They're, they, Everyone. They just got caught. They, they just were got doing it at caught. a higher level and got caught. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, once they start implementing cameras and everything into the, into the dugouts, into center field and everything, it's like, you can't tell me somebody, you know, didn't have the mindset of, we can take advantage of this. You yeah, know what I mean? exactly. Like, you know that thought's probably crossed a lot of people's minds, but they knew. I say that I say they knew, or they haven't just gotten caught yet, that morally it's not right. Like, yeah. That takes that takes the like the actual fun out of it because yeah. it's like, but that's for me. That's maybe and hey, maybe that's why I'm in the position I'm in. But I'm playing the game because I also really truly enjoy it. So mm-hmm. if you really feel the need to steal signs from me, that's fine. But I have confidence in my stuff to beat your stuff. Mm-hmm. So even if you know it's coming, so I know where your signs are coming I, every time. <laughs> you know, I hate to break. Peach new bat whenever you go to swing it. But. Let's go. I'm going to be honest. Even knowing what pitch is coming, it's still hard. Yeah. Because you don't... I hate knowing what pitch yeah, is coming personally. know I, I, I was the same way because when I was in high school, we we were able to pick up signs pretty easily and we had like a system. The guy at second base was like, I forget what we would do, kick dirt or give a hand signal. So, it was something for, you know, what pitch was coming. But it was like, I didn't like it because, you know, what if they messed up? Right. Because now I'm sitting on something, and next thing you know, here comes a breaker, and I look like a fool. Here comes like, the old Johnny oh, Hammer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, I know what's coming, but I don't know where it's going to go. Or where it's going to be at. Exactly. You know what I mean? You still, like you said, you still got to hit. Who was telling that today? You guys give, uh, or the, Joe was telling us that the other day, you guys give hitters too much credit. They still got to hit the ball. Can I, you know, yeah. you just have, fellas, I'm leaving you with it. I'm we'll run. the back door. To make sure no ghouls or goblins come in and get us. Good job, person. You did awesome. And we will continue to run with us. Watch my gloves. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that, uh, I don't know. It's not morally right. That, I mean, yeah, everyone else is probably doing it, but the Astros got caught doing it. Um, I think the punishment should have been harsher. I think oh, it's be interesting to see how Manfred handles it during the season, though, because if you start suspending guys for hitting the Astros, and that's what, how do you justify that, suspending them if you can't suspend the Astros? That was a thing that I was about to get into. Was that was that made me mad because the best thing about baseball is it has its own way of policing itself. Exactly. You know, you do something stupid, either your next time up to bat, you're going to wear it, or the teammate after you's going to wear it. And obviously, I hate when people in front of me do something stupid because now I'm thinking, okay, I'm about to wear something for my teammate doing something, you know, idiotic. But at the same time, it's like, why, how are you going to defend these guys? You know, they 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 for, broke for well, the piece of metal. Yeah, yeah, for the piece of metal. The, take away the word commissioner out of that trophy. But uh, yeah, it's like, how are you going to be able to defend those guys? You know, they're not going to get hit every single time they're up to bat, but somebody's going to take care of business. Yeah, every game, probably. Anyone that has beef. And and now it leads into, okay, what if if you had a rookie coming up, you know, facing them, and maybe, you know, his control wasn't on that day. You know, maybe his off-speed pitch backed up or, you know, he missed arm side and it runs into Bregman or Altuve. 
Well, now this guy's getting tossed and suspended. You when know. he wasn't even a part of it. He was, yeah, he had nothing to do with these guys. You know, he's fine. He finally got called up to the bigs, and now he's involved in something that he had nothing to do with. Exactly. And I think I think Manfred backs himself into a, a wall with that situation because not only that is he trying to police it his own way, but now you're putting guys in danger because now you're gonna have guys on the base pass trying to take guys out. Oh yeah. Because you know if the pitchers can't take care of it, well then a position player is gonna take care of it. Well, so now you're gonna have guys going in spikes up. And that's probably, I mean, that's just as dangerous as a 99-mile-an-hour fastball coming at you. Yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I uh, I personally, I, I mean, they 100% cheated. Um, you know, I get it because everyone in baseball is more than likely doing it. I think the Astros are just so analytically advanced, they took it to the next level. But at the same time, MLB brought this on themselves with as much technology as they brought into the game with iPads and computers being in the dugout, Apple Watches, um, the video room. And so I, th- I think it's a double-edged sword, you know. I think uh, someone was going to do it eventually. Unfortunately, it was the Astros. And because they won the World Series, it puts a dark cloud on their head yeah. because it doesn't seem as clean. Guarantee you, if they don't win the World Series, this doesn't come out. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, it's definitely cheating. Um, I think it's kind of ridiculous. But, you know, like I said, it's... They were just trying to get ahead of their competition. And I, I can see that when you have the difference of a million dollars on the line or a lifelong contract for 80, 100 million, why you would do it. Yeah. That's life changing money that's going to affect your whole family for the rest of oh, their yeah. lives. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Astros season plays out this year because uh, it's going to be a lot of hostility from everybody. The thing that. The thing that made me so mad when all this was going down, you know, I, I already said it, you know how much it made me mad, but going off it, you never really knew what the truth was, because you would hear one thing, and then two days later, they're reporting something else, yep. and it's just like, okay. Well, that's because of social media, though, too. Yeah. Social media was pretty bad about that. Yeah, it was just kind of like, okay, can we just, can we get one one story that has everything? And that's what and I just, wish, I wish somebody, one of the people involved would just come out and say, we did this, this yeah. is how we did it. This is what resulted in it. Because, like, the A.J. Hinch investigation. Oh, that interview. He, I turned he, it off. I could not stand Yeah, because every question he got asked, he danced around himself. Mm-hmm. Which I understand because that's pretty much his job interview for his next team. Yeah. To show that he's his humility for it. But every question he got was deferring it. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't straight up answer. And, and, and if you haven't seen the interview, you know, go ahead and watch it. There's a part in it he talks about, you know, him going to the camera that they had in the dugout or in the back hallway leading to the dugout, he took a bat to it. And it's like, okay, if you took a bat to it and you still had the, you know, and your players were like going against your word and going against what you're saying and still doing it, it means they have no respect for you. Like, how do you, you're the manager. At the end of the day, like, yeah, you're somebody. Don't you book. think you could go up to somebody and say, like, hey, this needs to stop? Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. And, uh, I don't know. Like I said, it'll be interesting to see how the Astros season plays out this year. Um, I think that's going to do it for the first episode, first new episode of the One Percent Academy oh, podcast. Man, uh, guys, y'all stay tuned for the next uh, few weeks ahead because it's going to be a fun, fun weeks, a fun few weeks, not fun, fun weeks, a fun few weeks. Because um, I'm going to get various guys here on the podcast, and I'm going to let Mr. Pete Jorgen and Justin Cortez's um, co-host with me. 
And uh, we might also do some more individual podcasts. Just uh, we have some more topics we want to talk about. Uh, but yeah, you guys, be sure to stay tuned in. If you haven't, I ask that uh, you like the episode and subscribe to the show. Share it with your with your friends if you can. And uh, whatever listening platform you're on, I ask that you uh, leave a review. Let me know how I'm doing. Let, let me know what you guys want to talk about. And uh, just stay in contact with me. If you ever have any questions, let me know. And uh, we can talk about them on the show. Um, y'all also be sure to go check out the show's sponsor, 1% Athletics at 1%Athletics.com. And be sure to check out Pete Jorgen and his new bat company, 300 Bats. Um, thank you guys for tuning in.